that we should play skillfully. I mean, he does that. That started that one song. He was, he was doing whatever. I, don't, I couldn't do that if my life depended on it. But thank you for the time that you guys put in to our music. We appreciate it. Let's not take that for granted. And thank you, church, for responding to the Spirit of God. Amen. We would like to. Um, it is uh, Sunday School Teachers Appreciation Month. And we would like, you can be seated, we would just like to uh, recognize our Sunday school teachers here in this church. Um, we've done some switching off. There's been some people that, are, that aren't going to be mentioned today because they're, they, they're not teaching right now, but we're going to mention the ones who are teaching right now. And if they could come up, Sister Sarah, we just have a, a little card for you. Um, Brother Jaden and Sister Danny, if you guys could come up, they teach a class. Where are they at? Oh, there they are. Amen. They, uh, Sister Jasmine and Sister Deb, they could come up. And also Sister Crystal and Sister Chris. Amen. These are our teachers downstairs that are putting in a lot of work teaching um, our kids. I, I will tell you that what you are doing is working. My kids come home and they begin to tell of the Bible stories that they learned and uh, they're learning the Word of God. I thank you. Of course, we believe that our children should be taught at home. Amen. But Sunday school teachers, just a little subsidy. Amen. A time together with their, with their friends. But I thank you for the time and effort that you guys put into that. I know it's, it doesn't just come. That you guys just don't show up and do it. But there's a lot of time and effort um, that you guys put into that. And we, we thank you. Amen. We're going to stand for the reading of the Lord this morning. We could turn to the book of James. We're going to read a few verses of Scripture. I'd like to welcome all of our guests here today, our first, second time guests. If it's your very first time here today, we welcome you. Um, do not be a stranger. You are in a church that just loves God. Amen. You're just in a church full of people that were once lost and who are now found. Amen. But we, uh, you're here today, and we welcome you. We don't believe that you're here by accident. I say this all the time. There is such a thing as divine alignment, and I believe God placed you here today for a particular reason. Amen. James chapter 2 and verse 14 says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and hath not works? Can faith save him. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not these things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. But, thou, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? 
when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by faith was faith made perfect, and by works was faith made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only." Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, and so faith without works is dead also. And today I just want to preach on this subject, the way of faith. The way of faith. You can be seated In Jesus' name, from this scripture, we can see clearly that faith and works go hand in hand. They are inseparable when it comes to getting something from God. There's two key words in this passage. It's faith and works. And faith is just simply believing God or your belief in God. And works is action. So belief without action will accomplish nothing. And that's what James was saying. He said it was by faith that Abraham offered his son Isaac He was given instruction by God and he obeyed. And by faith, he believed that God was going to take care of it. But it took action. It took effort on the part of Abraham. And that's why it was imputed unto him for righteousness that he he would be called the friend of God. Because Abraham mixed his belief with action. He believed, and then he moved. So we understand that God works differently than how we work. And he thinks differently than how we think. We've been talking about that on Wednesday nights, the the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God, and it's just so opposite of each other. But we will say, show me and I will believe. God says, believe me, and I will show you. We will say, tell me, and I will believe. God says, believe me, and I will tell you. We will say, do it, and I will believe you. God says, believe me, and I will do it. We'll say, give me the lesson, and then I can pass the test. God says, pass the test, and then you will learn the lesson. (laughs) This is how God does things. God is looking today for what I'm going to call action-packed faith. Does anybody like action? Back in the day, we used to like action-packed movies. 
right? I like meetings that have controversy in them because they're action-packed. We like action. We like things that are moving and working. But God is looking for action-packed faith. You can prove your faith in God by your action. We go to Joshua chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. So at this particular point, Joshua and the children of Israel were at the banks of the Jordan River, and they were getting ready to lead the Israelites across the Jordan into the promised land. Of course, the promised land was land that they had never seen. This was a path that they had never taken. It was unfamiliar territory. It sounds like the way of faith. But God gave Joshua instruction to tell the people to follow the priests and the ark of God into the Jordan. And the priests were to go ahead first and they would step into the water. And just a quick side note, this wasn't just a little creek. It wasn't just a little stream or just a little flowing water, but it says that this was the time of season of the harvest, and there was a, there was, it was the flood season, if you will, and it says that the river banks were overflowing. Of course, I grew up by the Red River and the Park River and Grafton, and, and during that time of year, you, you stayed away from the river because it was dangerous. There was undercurrent and uh, we would swim in the river in other parts of the year. We would jump off the bridge. My, my mom doesn't even know I did that. But we did that in the summer. But when that river was up and flowing and there was undercurrent, it was flood season, we knew to stay away from the river. It was a fast-flowing, deep, freezing water from the runoff of the heavy rains. But they did exactly what Joshua had commanded them. As soon as the priest stepped into the water, God stopped the water upstream. There was a, God walled up the water upstream. The Bible says, so, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. God is in the business of making a way for you. He was making a way for the children of Israel to cross the Jordan River. A few key points here is the Lord gave the instruction. The Lord gave Joshua the word. And the children of Israel and the priest, they obeyed. They went forward into the water. The waters did not stop flowing until they stepped in. Sometimes in life, there's turbulent waters in front of us. God's speaking to us to go forward. 
And we have to step into those waters first before God stops the water and makes a way. There has to be an effort on our our part first. And sometimes in an effort, there may be blood shed and there may be tears shed and sweat shed and there may be sores on your feet and there may be time spent in the word and, and times fasting and, and you're, you're crucifying your flesh and you're, you're just marching forward and you're walking forward and as you do, God begins to make a way for you. And I'm not preaching a salvation message of saving ourselves. Okay, we understand that Jesus is the Savior, and we can't save ourselves only through the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Only through the message of the cross can we be saved. Because we believe it, but we have to act upon the message. When we step forward towards God in faith with action, God cannot help himself, and he responds. He responds to your faith. So step into the water for your miracle. Take that step of faith, even though it doesn't look good. We understand that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. The waters look scary. Sight will keep us away from the water up on the hill. Sight will keep us looking down at the danger from a safe spot. But faith will walk us down to the waters and faith will keep us looking from looking down at the danger. Okay, we're not looking at the danger no more when we're walking in faith because our sights are set on the promised land. We don't look at the danger of the water because our sights are set on the promised land. Walking in faith. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 4 says, And the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. So we have the children of Israel on the other side of the Jordan River. God miraculously stopped that water. And they came to their first battle into the promised land. It was the battle at Jericho. We understand that Jericho was a well-fortified city. And to the human eye, it seemed like they could not, they were not gonna be able to conquer it. It seemed like an impossible situation. But in the eye of God, it was already conquered. To them, it seemed impossible, but in God's perspective, it had already been conquered. 
We understand that now that faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. So to walk in the way of faith, we have to see things God's way. We must act as God sees it, and not how our natural man sees it. And this is really the key to faith. This is the key to the whole thing, that we don't act upon something in how we see it, but we believe the word of God. We believe the promises of God. So they were given the instruction that the ark of God and the priests would go before them and they would march around the city. They would march around it one time per day for six consecutive days. And on their march, they would say nothing. They would do nothing. They would just march. They would just march. Sometimes faith seems monotonous. Sometimes it seems that there is nothing happening. They would get up, they would march around the city, and then they would go back to their camp every single day. Sometimes in faith, it doesn't seem like the promises of God are happening as you thought that they would. But faith and faithfulness go hand in hand. This everyday grind is faith. Coming to church, praying, fasting, reading the word of God. These are the marching orders that we've been given that we do every single day. Faith and faithfulness go hand in hand. So they obeyed their marching orders every day, just as the Lord had said. They marched for six days, saying nothing. There was no great music. There was no shouting or dancing. Just marching. Just doing what God told them to do. God is looking for faithful people. He's looking for some true, committed, faithful people that'll just get up every morning and march. Get up every morning, go through their day doing what they know to do. Just keep marching. God doesn't need our rock star talent. He doesn't need our charisma. He doesn't need our intellect. He just wants our faith. He just wants your faith. He's desiring a faithful people. The Bible says that most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. And that's true. One of the most important topics each of us like to talk about is ourselves. 
They train us in, in sales training that you try to get people to talk about themselves and that's how you create conversation because people like to talk about themselves. It's our nature. So most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. To the church in Bismarck, can we strive to walk the way of faith and be a faithful people? That we would just march on, believing in the promises of God. Every day, every morning, every Monday, every Tuesday, that we would get up, that we would march the third day, the fourth day, that we would just continue on in prayer, that we'd be fasting, that we'd be studying His Word, that we'd be reaching out to our neighbors, doing the work of God, just marching on. There doesn't need to be high emotion. There doesn't need to be all the fancies just marching on. They just marched every day, not saying anything, just marching on. The Bible says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to do the will of God without faith. And the writer of Hebrews in this verse, in 11 verse 6 of Hebrews, he wasn't just talking about believing in God. But he was talking about faith in action together. That's how we please God. It's easy to say that I believe in God. That's the easy part. And that's the first step but do your actions back up what you believe. So the children of God in this scripture at Jericho, they believed God. How do we know that they believed God? It doesn't just say that they believed God, but we read that every morning they put on their game shoes. They grabbed their staffs. They grabbed their families. They made the trek from their camps every single day. They marched around Jericho. That's how we know that they believed is because they obeyed, because they put it into action. They marched every day. And on the seventh day, just as God had spoken, they marched around the city not just one time, but they marched around it seven times. And on the seventh lap, they came around turn number four to the double checkered flag. And Joshua told them to shout, for the Lord has given them the city. The city when they shouted, the city was still fortified. The city was still there. The walls were still standing. But they shouted because the Lord had gave them the city. Despite 
what they were looking at, despite what they had been through the last several days, despite the marching orders, they obeyed God and they shouted. And the walls fell down. There may be voices that are speaking against you in your life today. Just shout anyways. Your feet may be sore today. Your neck may be sunburnt today. You may have dust on your clothes and you may have some scars. And the journey might have been tough. It might have been a tough week. It, might have, it's, it may be a tough month. Maybe you're going through a season that's been tough. But if you just keep marching, if you just continue to walk in faith and be faithful and believe in the promises of God, the walls will come tumbling down. God is looking for someone who, who will keep marching who will keep shouting even before the victory. God's looking for a faithful people. One day at a time. We read in 1 Kings chapter 17, in verse 12 it says, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. We have a story here. We got two Two things going on. First, we have a man of God, Elijah, who was given a word from God. He had been at, at, at a brook, and the brook dried up, and God gave Elijah a word. God said that there is a widow in Zarephath that will sustain you. There's a widow there that'll, that'll make you a meal, and that you will be sustained. There's a little lady there that'll cook you up exactly what you need. And this promise was spoken, and Elijah obeyed. So he went down to Zarephath, and so down in Zarephath there was a widow lady and her son, and there was a great famine in the land, there hadn't been rain, and they were out of food. They had just enough flour and oil for one more meal. And they, were, they grabbed a couple sticks. They were going to make themselves a fire, make themselves a little meal. This was their last meal. They had no other way to gather food. This was it. They were going to eat their meal. And then they planned on starving to death. So it seems that we have circumstances that are contrary to each other. In the way of faith, 
you will find circumstances that are contrary to each other. See, it wouldn't make any sense for, the, for this widow to give Elijah a meal when they, all they had enough was for them to eat. That doesn't make any sense. But this is exactly what God demanded through the prophet Elijah. This was the word spoken through Elijah. He said, Elijah told this widow lady, give me a cake to eat first, and then you and your son will have enough. That's an amazing story. And can I say this today? I would say one of the biggest oppositions to faith is self-preservation. Self-preservation doesn't work well. It doesn't work at all with faith. Self-preservation will say, you need to stay home from, you need to to go to work instead of coming to church. Self-preservation will say you need to make the car payment before you pay your tithes. Self-preservation will say that you'll give all your time and energy to your career and your family, to your home, your hobbies, and if there's anything left, you'll give it to God. Self-preservation will say You need to do what is sensible even if it goes against the principles of God. Self-preservation says, I'll fight my own battles because I don't trust God. And self-preservation is in direct opposition of faith. Faith says, seek him first. Faith says deny yourself. Faith says lose your life. Faith says take up your cross. Then God will take care of you. If you'll humble yourselves and pray and seek God's face, then will he heal your land. Then will he'll answer your prayers. So it's a matter of who you want to be your caretaker, you or God. And God knows what you have need of. So in an effort to self-preserve, we oftentimes self-destruct because we try to handle it ourselves because this is sensible, this is logical, It would make sense for me to do this. And God's saying, if you will just follow me, if you'll have faith and trust in me, I'll work everything out. The only thing to fear with faith is losing yourself. Let me say that again. The only thing to fear in faith is losing yourself. And the great thing is, is you don't have to fear. 
Because God said that if you'll lose your life, you'll find it. If you'll put your trust in me, if you'll seek me first, walk in faith, all these other things will be added unto you. I'll take care of you. God's saying, I want to be your caretaker because I know what's best for you. And we're afraid to lose ourselves because we like to self-preserve, but it's in direct opposition. It didn't make any sense for those walls of Jericho to fall. It didn't make any sense that this widow lady would give Elijah her last meal. But that's exactly what we read. She did the unthinkable. And she made Elijah some food with the last of her flour and oil. And she began to scrape from the bottom of the barrel. And the Lord supplied. And every time she scraped, God kept supplying. Every time she dug for more, God would supply. And every time she tilted the cruise of oil, out came more oil. God has another cake for you. Just keep scraping. Just keep digging. Just keep baking. Just keep marching. A faithful man who can find. God is wanting to do the miraculous in your life. He's wanting to lead you and guide you. He's wanting to give you victory. He wants you to walk the way of faith. This is just a simple message today about faith. These are stories that you guys have all heard. These are stories that you guys know. But I wonder if the church here today would just make up in their mind that they're just going to take that step forward in faith to that next level to what God has for you. According to the great Statisticians, those who keep, keep stats, the odds will be stacked against you. But God says, if God is with you, then who can be against you? And we read of stories all through Scripture of people walking in faith and the odds were literally stacked against them. It did not seem that there was a way, but God made a way for them. We read of those who walked in faith by faith. You know, Noah built a boat in the middle of the desert. But that boat saved his family. The odds, the logic was against him. Reason was against him. They had never seen a flood before, but he built a boat because he obeyed. He acted in faith and it saved his family. By faith, Abraham left all the familiar and went to a place that he had never been before that God led him to in a great nation was formed. Abraham believed God 
and he acted upon his belief. By faith, David marched into a valley to fight a heathen giant, and God gave Israel a great victory that day. It seemed irrational that a young boy would go into a valley with Goliath, with a couple stones and a sling. It didn't make any sense, but by faith, David walked into that valley, and he became a giant slayer that day. By faith, Moses raised up his staff, and the waters of the Red Sea were parted as God was delivering Israel out of Egypt. And Israel's enemy, all of Pharaoh's soldiers, were buried in the Red Sea in Jesus' name. And by faith, we read in the New Testament that a boy's lunch became a buffet. A boy's lunch fed 5,000 people. By faith, a Samaritan woman asked for this living water. Amen. And her life was forever changed. By faith, a lady with an issue of blood crawled on her hands and knees, and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and the virtue went from him, and she was healed that day. By faith... By faith, old blind Bartimaeus, he yelled and he cried out to Jesus to have mercy on him. And the crowds told blind Bartimaeus to be quiet. You're making too much noise. Blind Bartimaeus, sit down, man. You're you're distracting the service. And old Bart, he didn't really care. He was blind. He had a need in his life. And Jesus was walking by. And he began to yell, Jesus, have mercy on him. He didn't care what anybody thought. He had a need, and he knew that Jesus could meet the need. Amen. And the Bible says that he went away that day healed because of his faith. Amen. Tell you what, I still believe in the promises of God. I still believe that God can make a way. I still believe that God fills people with the Holy Ghost. I still believe that God heals. Amen, that he leads, that he guides, God, he directs. And I wonder if there would be a church today that would rise to the occasion and say, I am going to walk not by sight, but I'm going to walk by faith. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand here today. If you are here today, I don't know what you have need of. I don't know your circumstances. You may be going through something that nobody else knows of. You may be going through a battle of the mind. You may be going through, you may have a battle of your emotions. You may, be, you may have a physical sickness. You may have a, 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 um, a financial need. Whatever the need is, we serve a God who wants to lead, guide, and direct. And I wonder if we could just tap in today to the Spirit of God and if we could walk by faith. If we could tap in and see things as God sees them.
Amen? I wonder if we could just pray. We're going to open up the altars. You can come and pray today. And if you have a special need, we would love to to pray for you. If you just need just a good old refilling of the Holy Ghost, God wants to do that for you today. Amen? He, He knows what you have need of. And he's saying, come. Come and drink of this water. You've been been trying to do things yourself. You've been trying to take care of yourself. And we all do that. We've all done that. But God's saying, come and dine with me. I'll give you water. I'll give you bread to eat. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. And God can satisfy your hungry soul. But he's just wanting you to take that step closer to him today. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you. Lord, for this opportunity, God, to be in this place. God, I pray that there would be a hungry soul here today. 